Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Beyond Stress. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome everyone, my name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. And today I want to talk about stress. What is stress? Stress is something that gets to you. That's right, it gets to you. Now, I want you to think very carefully about what I'm going to say, because if you can listen quietly and thoughtfully to what I say, you may suddenly realize where all of your problems are coming from. You tend to think that your problems are some are on the outside, assaulting you from the outside, but the truth of the matter is that, that your problem is your, is your reaction to what happens to you. And what you do is you open the floodgates to everything rushing in and coming in and then tormenting you from the inside. Stress is what gets to you. Now, you can go out and walk around and, and there are people everywhere. And people are talking and they're saying things. Nothing bothers you. It's like they were in a different world. But should you resent what somebody says? For example, if someone walks up to you and then makes a comment that you consider to be rude or offensive or a personal insult, something like that, or you, you feel like they're putting you down, then what happens? It gets to you and it gets inside. And then you think about it over and over. Why did he say that? What did he mean? And then... You might even start thinking of something to say to him to get retaliation. But do you see how that works? So here's another situation. Uh, you go to work and something happens. All of a sudden, a customer says, we need this order, we need that order. The boss says, we need this, or we need that. And you just continue to do your work. That's part and parcel of working. There's always something coming along that you have to handle. That's what you get paid for. But suppose you resent it. The boss gives you extra work and you feel like he's taking advantage. Or the customer demands something and claims that you should have had it, you know, a long time ago, and it's your fault, and you resent it. You see what I mean? If you resent it, it gets to you. So now, once something gets to you, now listen carefully, once something gets to you, something makes you resentful, then not only does that particular thing continue to bother you and upset you from within, but you become more sensitive to everything else, and soon other things bother you too. So in other words, here's an example. Let's say that a man has a great big fight with his wife, a big fight, and he becomes very upset and very resentful. And then he goes out in the world, and all of a sudden, before the fight, it was a nice day. He was happy-go-lucky. Nothing, nothing bothered him. If there was a little traffic, he thought, no big deal. If there was a little wind or a little rain or something, no big deal. But now he goes out in the world after the big fight with his wife, and all of a sudden, the sun kind of, what's that glare? The glare bothers him. And sounds, a loud motorcycle going by, oh, it bothers him. And traffic, oh no, another traffic delay, it bothers him. And then somebody else says something and it bothers him. And he becomes very sensitive. And all these sensitivities 
He might even get a headache. He might get a tummy ache. He becomes very sensitive to everything. And not only that, but because he was stressed out by the big argument. I'm just giving that as an example. It could be anything because he was stressed out. His immune system is compromised by that upset and resentment and emotional turmoil. Now he might even become sensitive to some pollen in the air. You understand? So now what I want you to see is that is that reacting in a taking something personally. That's a way of putting it, taking it personally. If you bump your knee, okay, you bump your knee, you feel pain. But if you take it personally, you think, why me? You think, why me? Why, why is everything going wrong for me? Why is fate against me? You see what I mean? You take it personally. So now you have to learn not to take things personally. It's that simple. Don't take it personally. In other words, don't resent it. That's it. Now, having said that, I think you can ponder about your life. And I think you can see that somebody got to you on the outside. Something got to you. The other kid's tease got to you, or your mom yelling at you got to you, or your dad not going to the ball game with you got to you. Something got to you. You took it personally. You, you got upset by it and walked around dejected or angry, see? But it becomes like a, like a snowball rolling downhill. When you become angry, then pretty soon you're angry at everything. And pretty soon everything makes you angry. Do you, do you understand? So you've got to see that your Achilles heel is taking things personally. Now, what that also means, you know, at the, at the flip side of the coin, is when somebody said, oh, you're great, you're wonderful, you're the most wonderful person don't take it personally, all right? In other words, don't be uplifted by praise or dejected by criticism. Just go through life, do your duty, do your work, enjoy a modest enjoyment from your work and from family and from things, and don't expect anything. Don't expect gratitude from other people. Don't expect them to see you as a nice person or a good person. Don't expect anything. When things go wrong, just see that they went wrong. That's all. Don't take it personally. Do the best you can. And that's, that's the way to go through life. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask. No, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. And the biggest thing that you have to watch out for is resentment. Resentment is taking something personally, basically hating it. Hating it because it doesn't make you feel good or it doesn't see you in a good light or it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. See, we have this, we inherit this ego thing from uh, Adam and Eve. We inherit this ego that always wants to be right and never wrong. And it wants to be king or queen. It wants to be like God. And it wants to make judgments of other people. And it wants to be seen in a good light and receive worship from other people. Now, you know, that's, can you see how we're playing God that way? But if you have that kind of an attitude, 
then when you go out in the world, any little thing will make you resentful. That's it. You hate it. You hate people. You hate things that go wrong. And the more you have that attitude, the more everything has the power to upset you. Are you with me? And then you become so upset. And then you resent yourself. That's right. You resent yourself. And then when you resent yourself, you feel really low. And then you look for other people to try to build you up with their pills or their or their approval or their support. And they do, but then all of a sudden you discover they're using you. And then you resent them for that. So now I think I've made my point, a very good point, and one that you need to ponder. Now, the meditation that I have is very helpful. It helps you. It's good for everyone because it restores you back to that state of mind you had before you fell. It restores you back to what you had before you became resentful, before you became angry, before you became upset. It restores you back. That's right. It can do that instantly. Now, what is what is the what are what are the residuals of having become resentful, having taken something personally? What are the residuals? Well, I already talked about some of them, but let me repeat: the residuals are are emotions and thoughts, thoughts in the mind going over and over and over and over. Why? Why this? Why that? And being lost in thought. Eventually, you become lost, subject to thought, and lost in it, because everything upsets you, so everything throws you into thoughts, and then you're lost in thoughts, and then when you're lost in thoughts. You're not paying proper attention to things, and then other things go wrong, you see? So, now you have to see that those thoughts now loom large and basically carry you away from the moment. So now you have to learn to stand back from those thoughts and stand back from those emotions. Stand back, and then when you're standing back and no longer submerged in them and lost in them, then you have the state of your soul, the way you had it before you fell. It's that simple. And then from that higher position, higher consciousness, from that little bit of distance, then you can observe things without them upsetting you anew. When you can observe things calmly with a little bit of mental distance, now you calm down, now your emotions come under control, now your thoughts start stop spinning endlessly, and you have more control. And you also have that bright consciousness that you had before you fell. Remember the example I gave of the man that has an argument with his wife, and then afterwards he goes out and everything upsets him, and everything irritates him, and everything bothers him, and he's more sensitive to everything, to sounds and sights and smells and comments. and See? So now if he could refine what he had before he fell, then... He could then go out in the world and not be so sensitive, and things wouldn't get to him. And then he could watch those thoughts. Yes, those thoughts which are somewhat troublesome that come to us when we become resentful and upset. Watch them and let them pass, not fall into them, not go along with them, not give in to them. And one good thing leads to another. Just like on the downside, one resentment leads to to an upset, and an upset to more resentment, and to more thoughts, and being lost in thoughts, and making more mistakes, and more resentment. On the upside, coming back to that bright consciousness, you're closer to dignity, you're closer to reason, you're closer to wisdom, you're 
closer to patience, and one good thing leads to another until you build a whole paradise on earth instead of a hell on earth, which is what is built around you when you are resentful and angry and upset and judgmental. When you're not resentful, angry, and judgmental, then you're restored to your original state, and then a beautiful heaven comes into existence around you. It's so beautiful. So give the little meditation a try. It could do you a world of good. So, please, may you get started. If you can see the need for not resenting people anymore, for just watching them and not hating them, if you can see the need for finding your Creator, then uh, perhaps you're ready for the little meditation that I have. And it teaches you how to stand back, how to take a mental step back and watch and observe people and things without resenting them, without being, without them penetrating you and bothering you and irritating you and upsetting you. It's spiritual discipline of the most simple and the most beautiful kind. It's learning to stand back and watch and thereby being patient with others instead of resenting them, instead of being irritated by them. It's very important that you learn this this secret. And this meditation that I have, this free meditation, helps you to do that. It's that simple. And it's free. So go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. The October 2020 edition of the Clues newsletter features informative articles on living instead of dying, why we feel drained, and understanding the Garden of Eden. To find out about this and other resources, simply go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Welcome back. The program is called Shedding Shackles. I've been on the air for over 30 years, and what I would like for you to do is to wake up to smell the coffee, wake up and smell the roses. And a lot of times in life it takes a big wake-up call, but even that doesn't always work. You know, people get cancer or have a heart attack or... You know, they yell and scream at their kids, and then all of a sudden one day their kid runs away from home. You know what I mean? It's a big wake-up call. Or all of a sudden, you know, a spouse says, well, I want a divorce. It's a big wake-up call. There's so many wake-up calls. It seems like I'm always talking about wake-up calls, don't I? 
on my programs. Well, these wake-up calls sober you up. That's right. Suffering also sobers you. Suffering can wake you up from, snap you out of your lifelong trance where you're rushing around here and rushing to Starbucks and rushing to work and rushing here and rushing there and doing this and doing that, you know, it can wake you up too. I remember, I'm going to tell the story again. I've told it many times, but I'll tell it again. I had a nice teacher in college. He taught poetry, a very nice man. But there was a big earthquake in Los Angeles a few decades ago, a big earthquake. And he told the story of a lady who was in the earthquake and all the things in her house fell down, things fell off the shelf and so on and so forth. And when it was all over, she looked around, she looked at herself and she thought, am I really living the life that I want to live? And the answer was no. So she just packed up a couple of items and jumped in the car and took off, went to another city and started a new life. Isn't that, you know, it's so beautiful to be able to start a new life. How many of you would like to start a new life? You have so many obligations, so many burdens, so many things tying you down. Well, you can't. I mean, yeah, if you're a young person, you can. Sure, of course you can go off and start a new life. But you know what will happen? You'll take the old stuff with you in your head. Your old reactions, your old patterns, your old hang-ups, your old resentments. You'll take them with you. And then, before you know it, the new place you're at will be just like the one before. So how do you really start a new life? That's maybe the theme for this second half of today's program. How do you really start a new life? Well, you have to find your real true life, the one the good Lord intended for you, and it exists. It exists as a pattern. What I would like for you to do, if you're sitting quietly in your room right now at home, you're safely in your office or your bedroom or you're sitting on the couch. You can close your eyes and look at the inside of your forehead with your mind's eye. And you will notice you will see little patterns of light. Patterns of light, little pixels of light. Well, that is spiritual light. And that spiritual light holds the pattern, the potential pattern for what you can be. And now do you understand what it means to live in the light and walk in the light? But you can escape from that light. We'll talk about that more later. But if you could begin to walk in that light again, then it would pattern your life. See, how is your life patterned now? It's patterned by the sins and the symptoms of sins that were laid upon you when you were a little child. You see, your sins are not even your sins. I was just writing about that. They were laid upon you, your parents, your poor, misguided parents, when they were little children. People yell and scream at them and accuse them of things they hadn't done and blame them and use them as a scapegoat. And when your parents were little children, either they hated their parents for laying trips on them, 
where they they took the trips upon themselves. They took the sin upon themselves, feeling guilty. Their parents made them feel guilty. So they took upon them the sin and the symptoms of their parents, and then they were punished for those and treated for them. But actually, what the parents were doing were simply transferring the symptoms of their sin to someone else. But they acquire a new sin for doing that. So the parents don't really get away with it, but the children end up suffering. And so you have all of these trips laid upon you and these patterns. And what happened was when you were a little child, you were very emotional. You couldn't help it. You were only a child. And your parents, especially your father, who should have been a paragon of virtue and of patience and of wisdom and of kindness and of long-suffering, he could have guided you through your childhood and teenhood, and but he didn't have, he didn't have it. He himself had lost it a long time ago. It had been robbed from him, and he never found, never found it. And that's why your mom undoubtedly resented him, or had contempt for him, or was angry at him and felt guilty and served him out of guilt and then resented him. You see, so they laid their sins upon you. And then you also, as I was going to say, you were emotional, and so you absorbed the patterns around you, the way people acted and talked and thought, behaved, and the things they said to you and the suggestions they made, you became very impressionable. You've heard that term. And why were you impressionable? Well, because you were emotional. They emotionalized you. They upset you. It was very easy to do, and then you took all these things. You took in all these patterns. Patterns. But when a pattern gets inside... Listen carefully. When the pattern gets inside, gets inside, this pattern acquires a life of its own, and it takes your life force. This pattern, this pattern, whether it's sickness, whether it's sin, whether it's just a wrong behavior, whether it's a, an improper thought, a notion. It it takes your life and it reinforces itself and lives off of your life. It takes your life and then it takes you over. And before long, you become it. You become that pattern. So these patterns go on from generation to generation. When Adam sinned, it says in the Bible quite correctly that when Adam sinned, sin entered the human race when Adam sinned. And with sin, death. So that's the pattern. And it goes on and on from generation to generation to generation. But can you now see that you don't want to lay that those trips upon your children? You may already have, but there's still hope. First thing you have to do is wake up and just soberly see what has happened and stop hating other people. Stop resenting other people, especially your parents. They only did what was done to them. They did to you what was done to them. They couldn't help themselves, so forgive them. Christ said, when he was upon the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So forgive. Forgive them. Let it go. Let go of the resentment. That you can let go of. That is a pattern you do not have to, that does not have to go on existing in your life. You can let it go. Let go of the resentment toward your parents, 
toward your husband, toward your partner, toward anybody. Let it go. And let go of the judgment that supports the resentment. And the resentment supports the judgment. Just let it go. And get the little meditation that I have. Get the little meditation. Begin to practice it. Sit quietly. Watch. Observe the spiritual light when you're sitting with your eyes closed. And at the same time, you can become aware of your hand. You can become very gently aware of your hand. Even now, if you're sitting quietly in your room or in your office quietly or on the sofa or sitting out in the garden quietly, you can, with your eyes closed, see the little patterns of light on the inside of your forehead. And you can become aware of your hand. For example, you can become aware of your index finger. Just notice it. Notice your index finger. Let your attention be given to your index finger and it will begin to tingle a little. When you notice it, when you lovingly notice your finger, it responds by tingling a little bit. And then you can notice your second finger and your third finger and so on and feel your hand tingling and you're extending the energy from the light to your body. It's very beautiful. So, get the meditation. I've made them free. I've made the free meditation, the fat, you know, the quick one, the eight-minute one. I've made it free. And I've made the four-part meditation, which is so beautiful. I've made it free also. So, go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Get the meditation and begin to practice it every morning, every noon, every evening. And discover your true life waiting to unfold. And it will be beautiful. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage? A spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.